the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest for you today from Streamline Properties on Market, Jonathan Green. Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love having you here today. Uh, you know, why don't we just start where everybody wants to hear first? How did you get started in the business? How did you get to where you are now? Uh, yep, it's a long one for me. So I actually started uh, on the in investment. Yeah, exactly. You got to <laughs> get ready for this one. So I started on the investment ed with my dad. My dad was an attorney as I used to be an attorney. And uh, we used to go into uh, foreclosed homes and bought a bunch of homes. And I was so I was in homes from like five years old on looking for investment properties, learning things that I didn't know I was learning. Um, so spent about 30, the last 30 years investing on my own. And then about eight years ago, I got my real estate license after a career in law uh, and in the art world. And then I uh, built one team and now I've built my second team. And now I have uh, a team, like, as you mentioned, Streamline Properties on Market. We're brokered by eXp Realty. I have 49 agents across four states and we're growing rapidly. Um, and I like building teams. So I think my team structure is a little different. I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm really into it to grow agents and help them grow their own business. Um, I'm much less concerned with like myself as part of the process, which is why my name's not in the team name anymore. Right. Right. So, you know, let's dovetail off that. I was just at a meeting with eXp this morning uh, myself and, you know, I'm always fascinated with the way eXp allows and, 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 uh, you know, fosters this growth mentality. I love it. Let's hear more about, you know, how you streamline it and how you make that happen. Yeah. I mean, so for me, I've worked for four different brokerages. I appreciate the freedom that eXp gives me. Um, the way that I look at it is I'm basically building a mini brokerage with an umbrella over my head. So whoever can give me, make that the easiest for me works best. And the fee structure and the capping system and how I can run a team at eXp is very, very uh, helpful to the way that I run my business. We're professionals. We have our own backend admins. We know how to do transaction coordination. So, you know, we don't actually have a ton of contact direct with the brokerage because I'm not a big I don't go to events and stuff. I basically brand my team and very happy to have worked with EXP for so long. I was actually probably about the third agent in New Jersey. I left and came back. Um, and I think that structure wise, it just allows me to run the team, especially, you know, we grew this team virtually during the pandemic. Uh, and now I think we've really kind of like hit our stride in terms of hiring and growing agents and production um, and really coaching and making the highest level of ethical agents in the business. No, fantastic. So I guess um, this is not an assumption. I'm just guessing you were or were not at EXPCon last week. I was not. I so <laughs> I only I uh, I'm I only go to events if I'm speaking and I do a okay. fair amount of speaking. But I'm not. Uh, I don't 
want to be around that many people, not because of the pandemic. I'm an introvert. Um, so it takes a lot out of me. So I can go and do speaking engagements. I can be up on the stage and then hop off. But I pretty much just go to my hotel room after that. So even though I probably needed to go to get some cultural points, I, mm -hmm. I, I run to the beat of my own drum and do what I want. And, uh, you know, I just events are a lot. I think people get a lot out of them, but I'm yeah. always focused on building and I can't build when I'm away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's uh, ironically funny, not funny. Haha. -ha, you say that about being an introvert and being in, in the real estate field, right? I mean, uh, sometimes somebody say, well, that's kind of a oxymoron. I don't know. But I will say this. I have through my own self delving and you know, last time I was in Vegas, true story, um, I was there for five days, far too long to be in Vegas. <laughs> and uh, after I was the best man at the wedding on day two, I sat in my room for three days and I was the happiest camper on earth. And I realized it was a few years ago and I realized maybe I'm not the total extrovert I, I used to be. You know, do we grow in and out of that? Not to get into that topic, because that's not what yeah. we're here for. But I think at 52 years old, you know, or the age I was then in my 40s, late 40s, I was just maybe not, no longer willing to be out there in the midst of everything and, you know, grandstanding or whatever you want to call it, you know, hobnobbing. It's great to just have that solace and be able to, with your own thoughts and or what you said, be building, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've. Yeah, I've created like a very mindful life for myself. You know, I'm a father, I raised two kids, they're both, you know, adults now, 21 and 19. And I think I needed to learn um, how to balance real estate on market and off market with what I want to do as a parent and a person. And I, I ran myself into the ground on my first team and left the business for a year and then came back with a different mentality on how to grow this team. And I think that's why this team is growing better uh, because I'm a better team leader, I'm a better coach, and I'm more focused directly on how I can help the agents. And honestly, very not worried about how I fit in. I'll do well as long as they do well. So it's my job to make them do uh, reach their goals and train them again to like, be better at real estate, the real estate industry as a whole has a terrible connotation, just like kind of like, you know, used car salesman, which again, that's a bad connotation when that's not even a bad thing. It's sure. just like people think of salespeople as salesy and we're not salesy. So we bill ourselves as advisors and not salespeople. And I think that that suits more what I do, which actually does going back to what you say, it fits uh, introverts to be an advisor. I'm very good with data. I'm very good with delivery. I'm very good with timelines. I'm not very good with small talk and I'm not very good with BS. So I tend to tell people the truth. They don't always like it, but I think that it makes for a much more transparent process with myself and my team than with people with commission breath or just trying to do one deal. Every person to us is a long-term relationship. So whether they buy or sell within two months or three months doesn't really matter. It's just about how we can help them over time. Right. I, I agree 100%. You said something that kind of ca caught my ear. Uh, I don't know how old you are, Jonathan. You don't, you don't even have I'm to 51, say. so we're oh, right in right the there. zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right there with me. But you said, you know, I'm more, I'm going to give you the facts. And I all I could think in my head was just the facts, ma'am, from Dragnet. Yep. You know, and, uh, and he, was, yep. he was an introvert, but he got the job done, right? And he had to talk to people. Yeah. 
But I was I was a prosecutor for eight years and a criminal defense attorney for two years. So you kind of learn to boil arguments down to as yeah. little as possible to get your point across. And I think when it comes to real estate, your modern buyers and sellers, even though obviously they're still, you know, older age groups that are selling, they want the truth. And the people that don't aren't good fits for me anyway, because yeah. I don't want to overlist on price or hide something. I would prefer a fully transparent process. And that's what we're kind of each year we try to make our process more transparent. And that includes putting some things to buyers and sellers that maybe they don't like, but it's going to help get them more, uh, maybe not necessarily more money, but the right money at the right time and the better deals by being more, uh, by disclosing more and kind of, you know, making sure that the process is smooth instead of taking forever. Yeah. I mean, transparency is, is paramount, right? I mean, it, it, it's super important to be transparent about things. That's, I, I think, a code, you know, I mean, if I, you, if I you we, we would say that, I mean, I think that that's like an, like, ideally, that's the way I would want it. But I don't find real estate overall to be very transparent. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are hiding stuff, you know, whether it's sellers, buyers, agents, brokerages, and I just feel like it makes the business much murkier. So, um, you know, for us to try to make sure that we're doing things like we want all of our sellers to do pre-home inspections so they're aware right. of all the issues, you know, and they say, well, then I'm going to know about the issues. And I say, no, but then they're not going to come up when you already have an under contract deal and then the deal is going to fall apart. So why don't we find everything out now? And then if you don't want to fix it, at least you can disclose it and they can consider that in their price and it won't hemorrhage all of your deals as you're moving forward because that's the, you know, as, as rates are rising now, uh, deals are falling apart left and right for a variety of reasons. Uh, sure. We we don't want deals to fall apart once they go into the funnel. Right. There's no reason for it. Why, why, why jeopardize that right at the beginning by not being transparent? Yeah. And because, I mean, remember the public perception and which is true mostly is when a deal fails for whatever reason, it's always going to be like, oh, something's wrong with the house. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it's buyer gets cold feet. Sometimes it's an inspection issue. But we want to prevent that by just putting one deal in the hopper, making sure it's the best deal and then closing it out. And uh, I mean, a lot of that goes from knowing other agents. I don't think that real estate agents build relationships with the other agents in the business enough. They're focused on, you know, their brokerage and their business. But I think I've spent a lot of time nurturing my relationships with the other agents and they know that how we do business. So we're more likely to win if we're close to the top and not necessarily the quote best offer um, because they know that we close and we do things the right way. And I think that will go a long way as there's some shrinkage in the industry over the next couple of years. Right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's sage advice. So let's, you know, let's have a little fun here at least. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, if I had a magic wand and I came into your office or, you know, you and I met for coffee and I said, Hey, you know, Jonathan, what, what is it every day that I can fix for you that you're really having issues with? I'm not going to say a problem. It could just be anything. You something you'd like better, something that's, not working well what would that be uh i'm pretty fine-tuned and as an individual because i'm a coach i'm also a life coach so i've pretty much tuned myself up but i can tell you from real estate as a whole um real estate agents are always fighting themselves it's resistance and yeah. i think even for myself it's resistance and i think that if any person wants to succeed they have to identify what their resistance is and how to move past it 
um, agents don't think they're being resistant, but like, if you come on my team, we have things like a hundred point day ways for you to do things. We have meetings every single day from 12 to one. And when I find that people are not attending or they're not doing the things that they should like daily market research, it's not that they don't want to, or that, or that they're lazy. And that's something I needed to train myself to do. It's that they're resisting something. And the shocking thing about real estate agents is a lot of people don't think that being a real estate agent is awesome. They just do it because right. it's, it, it's like, you know, you don't have a regular schedule, but like, I think it's amazing. I love houses. I love helping people buy, sell and invest. We have a huge investor portal. And I think right. that the resistance is there for when you, when, when you ask someone, what's your elevator pitch as a person, you know, as an agent, and they can't tell you it's because they're resistant to saying I'm, they, they say it in like this, like, uh, I'm a real estate agent. And it's right. like, no, you have to be like, you know, you have to know your spiel right away, you know, and what you do, like, we're obviously investor friendly, but we service buyers, sellers and investors at all times. We're just trying to be advisors in the process. And I really think that's what it is. So for me personally, and I think for everyone, it's always some type of personal resistance that that makes your business kind of stall or not go the way that you want. Right. But the second that you figure it out, everything starts to change. Yeah, that th that's very true. And I think more enthusiasm about what you do. I mean, like you said, you love houses and, you know, putting people in the right direction, helping people. I, I, I know I woke up one day and the, the four others mentality kind of clicked. And yeah. that changed my life. And it can be different for everybody. I'm not saying that has to be it for anybody. But once I realized, you know, I want to do things for others to help others progress in whatever it may be, uh, that really changed things. And I, I think each realtor needs to, to have that in that elevator pitch, which is super important. Yeah. I mean, so, if you don't, if you don't love houses, you're yeah. not going to appear like you like doing your job. So for right. me, like if someone, I, a lot of clients will be like, oh, I'm sorry, we saw this one. Like, it's definitely not right for us. I'm like, no problem. I Every house I can learn something. And yeah. we have 9,600 9, people in our database. So if you don't like the property, we have someone else who might be interested. I have 49 agents. I just need to tell them like, hey, my client's not interested. This was, These are the pros and cons. So every showing is a good showing for me. And that's right. what I try to train my agents. I want the people to be qualified. So we know what we're spending our time well, but like, I, I like showing houses, you know, I'm still as a team leader, some weeks I show 20 houses. I just, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Houses are yeah. cool. Why, why not be funny? It's like you said earlier about, you know, used car salesmen, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's, you know, there's, there might be a stigma here and there. But we create that stigma, right? I mean, that that that's the bottom line is we kind of create the stigma when, you know, the realtor says, oh, I'm a realtor. Well, yeah. you know, you, the self-deprecation of that and the, the self-identification of, oh, it's that crappy of a deal for you? Wow. Yeah, right. Because it's been, away. I mean, if you're not proud of what you do, if you're not proud of what you do, why right. would someone want to work with you? I right. always ask my agents, especially the new ones, would you hire you as a real estate agent? <laughs> and I said, it's okay if you say no, but right. if you say no, you have to figure out what you're not doing that would you would hire yourself. Because if you won't hire you, how can you go out in the world and expect for other people right. to agree for you to be their agent when you're not even confident you would take yourself as an agent? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, as, as we start kind of winding downward a little bit, um, let's let's put our prognostication hats on. 
And, uh, you know, what's what's the next one, three, and five years look like for you, Jonathan, and your team? What's What do you see happening, and how are you going to make it happen? Yeah, I mean, we're at 49 agents in four states. I think probably in 2023, which is the one-year view, it's actually possible we get to 100 agents, probably expand only a couple states because we're pretty tight on bringing teams like other teams on in other areas. Um, but I think obviously, you know, we try to double our volume every year, but I'm much less concerned with the numbers uh, than the quality of the agents. You know, three-year plan has me starting to scale out of production. You know, I pretty much only work uh, like 750 to a million and up now. Right. Um, and I still work buyers. I like it, you know, because we have a relationship with Zillow through Zillow Flex. So we get a lot of leads and I I actually like working buyers much more than I did when I was a brand new agent. So in three years, I probably want to be pretty much out of production other, other than uh, like luxury listings. And in five years, I'd be totally out. Um, and I think to do that, I just need to scale out our system. We have two full-time, full-time employees, and then we have about six uh, VAs. So we'll probably bring on two more back-end staff to handle that. But we are building out uh, we're very good at our back end. My, I have a team success manager, Crystal Watkins, and team growth manager, Darcy Reynolds, who started as an agent. They're both licensed, and they help me build out the, you know, the future of the team. And I think, you know, to be future focused, you know, and have a one, three, five year vision, you have to understand what's going to happen with the market. And the reason why we're so um, set on billing ourselves as advisors and experts is because, you know, the market will is always at the verge of compression, you know, whether it's from commission compression or from just agent retention and not being worth it. We always want to, you know, make ourselves do the activities that make us the best. And I think that way, my one, three, five year vision is realistic instead of pie in the sky, you know, yeah. not, not planned out. So I right. never know the exact route. Uh, but I know I don't want to be in production. I like moving the pieces and I want to move my agents up so they can keep moving their price point up every single year, which helps them obviously earn more and be more efficient with their time. Yeah, definitely. Hey, you had mentioned, and I did not know this uh, about you prior to uh, us speaking, but you did mention that you, you know, you do coaching, obviously. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, you know, fill us in on, on how that works and what kind of coaching and who does it benefit besides everyone? Um, yeah, uh, I've been an I've been an, a standalone coach uh, for a company called Club Wealth for a while. And now I basically use all of my coaching acumen on the team. Uh, but I'm also a certified life coach and not like a weekend friendly thing. It was a 36 week class. Um, and that goes a huge way into my business. My team uh, it runs on coaching principles, not real estate coaching principles. It's about, can I train you to be efficient, handle your life first? Our core values start with family. Uh, sales are nowhere in our core values. It's irrelevant. I think if you right. do a good job building relationships, the sales will come. Um, so I don't do really, I do outward investing uh, coaching. We have an investor portal of about 450 investors that we work with. We do events, we do webinars, um, and we do a lot of, I have my own podcast as well called Zen and the Art of Real Estate Investing. And that's out there to help uh, new investors and seasoned investors understand like a more mindful approach to real estate investing. And that kind of encompasses my coaching in on market and off market, which I do a lot of coaching of 
off-market property acquisition and how to do it because I've been doing that for 30 years. We're active flippers, so we're always flipping houses. So we work with a lot of investors and try to teach them a little bit better way to go about it so they don't get so flustered and lose money in the process. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want no, that. definitely not. <laughs> well, Jonathan, how could uh, someone get in touch with you, whether they are looking to buy a list or maybe come aboard or just chew your ear a little bit about how they can be better at what they do? Yeah, sure. Our website is streamlined with a D dot properties that has a lot of our uh, regular traditional uh, has our whole on market team. There's info about uh, who to get in touch with there. If somebody wants to get in touch with me, it's not easy. <laughs> you can send an email to my team success manager, Crystal at info at streamlined dot properties. Uh, I don't talk on the phone. It's literally, I, it's not a joke. I don't talk yeah. on the phone. I do lots of Zooms though, but yeah. they're scheduled. I schedule everything. If I need to make phone calls, they're scheduled. My schedule is very, very regimented, yeah. um, but I'm easy to find and Crystal will funnel those emails into me. Uh, and I'm all over social, uh, pretty uh, adept at social. So on Instagram and TikTok, you can find me at Trust Green with an E at the end. Um, and I really enjoy social media. I think that it's important. We have a good social for our team at Streamline Properties. And I have a pretty uh, scaling YouTube, which is Jonathan Green RE for real estate. Um, and I think like social media is so important. That's the way that I connect with a lot of people. I still, I answer all my own DMs. So people can DM me on Instagram anytime. I always answer. Uh, I just don't take well the pitches. I like people who connect, you know, like we are yeah. to talk about something and they come to the table with, hey, I went through this. This is what I tried to do. Do you have any advice on what to do instead of saying like, Hey, how can I be an investor? Like that's, right. it's too open-ended. So it's a, it's a bad use of my time, but I love well research questions. I do zooms with people all over the country weekly who come to the table with a good question to ask. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what you said about, you know, uh, you know, don't come to the table on a one-way street, right? Hey, how do I yep. become an investor? Give me all your knowledge and I'm going to walk away. It doesn't really work like that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and and I, I do this for everyone, and I think it sure. it'll bode well for you. Uh, I love to give my guests the last minute and for anything on your heart, soul, or mind that you feel, you know, maybe we didn't cover or uh, you want to talk about the family pet, you know, whatever it might be, <laughs> somebody's always got something they that, that, that they'd like to tell folks about. So I'll, I'll give you that now. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, the way that I have run through the business, I've figured out that everything is mindset, not just mindset and how you set yourself up, you know, in terms of what you do in the morning and your morning routine, which is obviously important. Um, it's just about your mindset. Like we were saying before, what are you doing and why, you know, and why do you want to do it? Do you really want to help people? Are you trying to chase the money? Because if you're in a sales business and you're chasing the money, you're not going to succeed. Right. You, uh, you'll succeed in the short term if you're a hustler, but you will get burnt out. And I burnt myself out from allowing too much access to myself mm -hmm. uh, and thinking I had to answer everything 24 seven. And that's why I stopped taking phone calls. And people think that like, you can't live life like that. And I assure you that you can. I'm a great texter. I respond to people or I let them know when I can respond. And right. I think that you know, everybody does business differently, but if you don't have the right mindset for real estate, you're not going to succeed. And you're actually wow. not going to help anybody because what clients need in today's world is steadiness, 
and someone who knows the answers or knows where to get them. And I feel like if you're chasing the money, you're just going to be focused on the wrong things, you know? So if someone's out there saying like, I want to get my real estate license, I say, do you want to be an advisor or a salesperson? If they want to be a salesperson, they're not interesting to me because I think they're thinking sales first. Advisor indicates to me that you want to help people and you also want to educate yourself on how you can help people the best. Yeah. Great advice, Jonathan. Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed it. It's very insightful. Appreciate it. And I'd love to catch up with you over the next maybe three, six, nine months, see how things are going. And uh, thank you so much for being on the program. Yeah, Tim, I really appreciate it. Um, Had a great time on the show. Great questions. And it was a pleasure to be here. Have a great week. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. 